0: Hey,
1: Carol, how's the snow at your house? Snow? We don't have snow. It's 43 degrees. It's windy. It's rainy. There is no snow in our forecast. Hmm. We didn't get much snow either. We got a trace,
0: according to the news. But can you believe it's going to be 13 degrees as the high? That's not the wind chill. That's the high in Oklahoma tomorrow.
1: I'll have to look to see what our high is going to be tomorrow. But in the meantime, let me tell you that because of the wind, we've lost power like three times this morning. It just flips off, flips on, and God knows if we'll get through this podcast recording, but I do need to look up for you tomorrow's high. Yeah, look up the high, and then we'll grab our hot tea. So the high tomorrow is going to be 27, low of 4. But I'm really looking forward to Tuesday the 16th, the day the newsletter comes out. The high will be 7, and the low will be 2. Oh, nice. Well, grab your hot tea, everyone, and let's
0: get started. Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Dean Ash from Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden an acre and a half out of seven and a half acres out in the country.
1: And I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. I have a suburban garden measured in square, square feet. It's about a third of an acre. We call ourselves Garden Angelus because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening, and we want you to love it, too. Yes, we do. And we aren't afraid to spill the beans and tell all of our gardening secrets, the good, the bad, and even the ugly. But that's enough of who, what, when, where. Let's move on to this week's episode. Hello, Dee. Hello, Carol.
0: I can tell your cold is gone. And I sound stuffy, but I'm not sick. I don't know what's going on.
1: Huh. Well, I'm sorry that I was whiny about the weather. I mean, we have no snow. It's going to be frigidly cold. I don't see any snow coming in. It's unusual. Well, here's the
0: thing. I, I think you can be whiny about it because as we know, as gardeners, it's better to get snow if these if these temperatures are going to be this low. Indeed. Because it insulates the garden. And unfortunately, we're going to be like 13. And then we've got some negatives in there for morning lows. And you know what? I'll probably lose my crepe myrtles again. It's just the
1: way it is. And this is why... Even though they say, oh, you're in a warmer zone now. You're 6B instead of 6A. Don't plant trees and shrubs like you're 6B here. Plant like you're 5 because this next week is going to be brutal. Brutal for plants. Right. Because this whole idea of
0: that map, how it kind of warmed everybody, half a zone or a zone. Some people got cooler. I've told people the same thing here. I'm like, it's fun for entertainment purposes. But here's the deal. We still get these weird wild weather events because we live in the prairie. And the prairie
1: has big old swoopy storms. And while I don't live in the prairie, I live where the prairie meets the timberland is the way to put it. We get some weird weather events too. Same thing, right? Exactly. So let's do garden updates. Quickly. <laughs> Just okay. In case. So I put it on Instagram, but I went to Menards. They had the big sale. Anything that fits in the bag, 15% off. They had all the burpee seeds discounted. So I bought I bought my entire vegetable garden almost, D. 61 packets. Love doing it. Wow, that was I'm just fun. I'm tossing seeds into that cart willy-nilly. I'll have one of these and one of these and one of those. So that was fun. You had a good time. I did. My receipt is a yard long. Well, good for you. I also I got the hyacinths out of the re- back of the refrigerator and put those on the vases as we say hyacinths on vase and the bag said it had eight, but one of them was a little gnarled knot of nothing. And so it's like, oh, I should have probably looked at it more closely before I bought it. But anyway, oh, so wow. seven are on there. Houseplants have been watered, so it's as good as it gets in the wintertime. How about you?
0: I do love me a hyacinth on vase.
1: Exactly you know what I
0: do. Oh yeah I have all those I have all those little vases that are antique and sometimes I just go buy them at TLC at TLC, not at TLC. I go buy them at Trader Joe's, already started, and then I just all my antique all vases. And all, all these too, if you can find them. All right. So <coughs> I don't know what the deal is. My allergies have decided to be a problem. Okay, so I knew the big storm was coming. They told us we were going to get tons of snow. We got some rain. I harvested my dill, my parsley, and my bok choy because I just knew it wouldn't make it past 13 degrees. And no, I'm not going to cover my raised beds because it won't make that much difference. And I left my kale out there. And I've also got some kale in my cold frames and some carrots. And I'll probably put the lids on those this afternoon because it's going to be a balmy 36 degrees. And then let's see, I put them in my food and I ate them. And then I filled my red fountain that sits at the center of my raised beds, my potager, and I drained the hose and I made sure the heater was working in the fountain. And then Bill did the same for the water fountain on the deck, because we keep those running in the winter for a couple of reasons. One is the birds. It gives the birds water. Yep. And then on top of that, I don't have to take down the whole red fountain because it is heavy and a lot of work. Let's see. I also ordered seeds for the veggie garden and a few flowers. I went to pine tree and select seeds and Johnny selected seeds. I'm saying this because I gave a talk this week and people asked me where I buy seeds from. And I was like anywhere that I think is decent everywhere. But at select seeds, I found that they had some pelargoniums. So I bought a few to replace the ones I killed last summer. And I'm a bit sad about that topiary one I killed because it was pretty special. But other than that, Who cares? Stuff happens. Exactly. All right, let's play favorites. You go first. first. You go first. Okay. I spoke, as I said, to the Oklahoma Gardeners Association this week, and it was just like old home week. It was so much fun, right? Yeah. Because they are bored out of their minds because it's winter, and we just had a great time. So I want to thank Yvonne. And she listens to our podcast and she 3D printed a wall planter with a lady's head. Cause remember, I talked about those uh-huh. and a dibber with a great handle.
1: Cool. It's not like I saw a little that.
0: Try handle that you're just like, that doesn't, I can't do that with my hands. And then she said it'll help me plant my onion sets or small plants. And I can see a lot of uses for it. It would be great for Tommy's.
1: Oh, yeah. Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you do? So my favorite this week is I have a whale fin snake plant. Have you ever seen those? They've got a great big wide leaf. I have no idea what you're talking about. So it's a snake plant. And instead of being like little tall, narrow leaves, they're, they're almost six inches wide at their widest. Mm-hmm. And kind of expensive if you can find them. And I found this several years ago. And it has a new leaf on it. And it's got all kinds of coloration. Not all kinds. It's all kinds of variegation. And it just looks really nice. And I thought, oh, you're really nice. And you look like you need a bigger pot. So that's my favorite this week is that whale fin has got a brand new leaf and it's going to get a big new pot. So is
0: is it a, a Sansevieria? I'm looking them up online. Yeah, it's
1: a Sansevieria snake
0: plant. That's what I thought. So it's a variegated Sansevieria. You're right. They are expensive. A
1: variegated Sansevieria. Huh. Right. Interesting. Pretty little And thing. most of the time you see it for sale, it's like one leaf. Right, mine's mine's probably got six leaves on it. I mean, so, but it You've needs got a, a big new, one. It needs a new pot because it's starting to come out of the pot. So maybe I'll maybe I'll do something fancy and show repotting that whale fin or something on a video. Yes,
0: and you can give us a you can give us a picture of it now for the newsletter that
1: I'm going to uh, write yeah. this week. Yeah, okay. I can do that. I'm going to do you a quote do now. The quote? Yes, when snow falls, nature listens. Antoinette Cleef. I have no idea who she is, but there's nothing like the silence of snowfall. I will say that. Oh my
0: gosh, I have to always go out there and just stand because it's so beautiful. We're supposed to get snow on Sunday night. We'll see. All right, flowers. You picked our flower this week because it is the National Garden Bureau year of the Angelonia.
1: Do you grow a lot of
0: Angelonia?
1: I didn't until we talked about it. And then I started to in the last two or three years but this is their annual for the year angelonia Mm -hmm. which is really uh, a tropical isn't it it is really a tropical it's it's from and i pulled some information it's native to brazil and other parts of south america
0: it's really not even a low care plant in my opinion it's basically a no care plant other than make sure it has some water put it at the front of the border yes chop it off every once in a while when it goes all the way to you know, bloom spikes. It's really easy to grow, and there it are is. some very pretty ones.
1: And they call it summer snapdragons because you know, a snapdragons when it gets really hot, snapdragons can go, "Oh no, I'm gone, I'm gone, bye bye." But Angelonia mm-hmm. just it blooms just like a snapdragon with the spike. Yep. The Shorter. one thing about it is usually when it's for sale at the garden center, it is mm-hmm. just barely blooming, and that's why a lot of people, me included might just pass it by because it does it's not, you know, like all wild like a petunia or anything like that. It's usually You're a lot saying of saying it's not flashy. No. It's just sitting there saying, Hey, I'm gonna be your summer sweetheart. Okay, so here's the that's
0: an interesting thing because in Oklahoma, they're always in bloom, or like big bloom when they're for sale here.
1: That's not interesting. Here. I think it's because our, our spring is cooler maybe. Probably. But anyway. That they're nice. And they, like you said, they've, they're they very easy care. They're nice if you want something tall in a container. Angelonia is, your, Angelonia is your flower, as they say. Yeah, I think they make
0: a good, like if you say put a canna in the middle and you put Angelonia, they make a good filler. I actually grow them usually at the front of the bed and they come in really pretty colors. They come in kind of Like I've seen all the colors. I think my favorite one is the one that's purple, kind of a lavender purple, and it has a white edge on the bloom. That's probably my favorite. But I've grown I've grown almost every color they have over the years.
1: It is interesting to note, they don't come in yellows and oranges, which no the snapdragons are I think of those as a lot of yellows and oranges.
0: I mean, I think they're yeah, they don't I mean, even though they call them a summer snapdragon they're shorter and they have smaller blooms so to me they look more like a salvia but not the same bloom type as a salvia but as far as their presence mm-hmm. and i'm talking about the shorter salvias not the big tall ones but they remind me of a shorter salvia as their presence in the garden they have they have that upright growth they make a little clump and then they send up bloom spikes that's yeah. what salvias do the small ones so i like it i mean it's not my favorite plant but it's not a bad plant
1: so according to the national garden bureau there are a couple of seed series that are worth looking for one is called serena and that is
0: Mm -hmm. that's the one you can buy at bustani plant farm steve always has
1: serena and then they have the signorita which is a shorter angelina Mm -hmm. if you don't want shorter, and then they have all different varieties and we'll put a link to the national garden bureau so you can see all the different varieties and they have lots of colors and stuff. They even have one called Carita that has a spreading upright habit and they have it in the, showing it in a hanging basket, which is kind of pretty. I bet it is pretty. Hmm. So here's here's their I characteristics. S- okay. No pruning or deadheading required. You can if you want. Mm-hmm. Plants do better in warmer temperatures. Mm-hmm. And here's probably why they are not very fully bloom when I buy them. They grow slowly when the temperature is below 64 degrees. And then the usual... makes sense. Once established, they are drought tolerant. Yeah. And they like well-drained soil. So don't just plant them in straight clay. But there's not much you should plant in straight clay. So and there you go. And then another important thing, they do attract hummingbirds. Yeah, that's probably my favorite part about them. And I like the ones with bigger blooms.
0: So they get kind of lost in my garden, honestly. You are a big bloom girl.
1: You are a big bloom girl. I like
0: big blooms. Well, it's a big garden, so it takes big things. All right. Big dramatic things. So that's Angelonia. The twenty Angelonia. I Oh, wait, you need to say that there are three species. Well, they talked about three
1: species, but the one that everybody's going to get is the Angelonia and Gustafolia, which is the- Gustafolia. Yeah, native to Mexico and the West Indies. Then the other ones, and the National Garden Bureau has a nice article, and we'll link to that if somebody wants to know about the other species, because maybe somebody wants to say, hey, maybe I'll have a national collection of Angelinias, Angelonias. Okay, maybe they will. Or maybe they won't. Anyway, it is the 2024 National Garden Bureau Annual of the Year. Shall I do the next quote? Yes, ma'am.
0: Grow the plants that you want, but new, but do not want too many. And this is Liberty Hyde Bailey from the Spirit of the Garden, which came out in 1903. Oh, Liberty would be very dismayed by my garden because I want too many
1: of everything. <laughs> oh yeah, you're yeah you're you're out of control. Completely. I am, but I have
0: all the land in the world. Yeah. To do it.
1: <laughs> so some days it's good to have the land and some days it's not good to have the land. Hey, when I didn't feel good for two years, it was kind of bad, but you know,
0: I got a lot of help. There you go. All right. So our vegetables, we're going to discuss two more catalogs, but this time we're not going to go through the whole catalogs and bore people. We're not?
1: No, we're not. <laughs> I don't- we're not. Okay, we're going to try to be better. So you go first. So because first. I have the Burpee catalog, and you do not have the Burpee catalog. Is that correct? Right. I don't think I do. I'm looking. So this is the granddaddy of seed catalogs. The WLT Burpee Company was started in 1876. And just for grins and giggles, D, look what I have that I kept all these years. I kept the 1976 wow. catalog because... It was the hundredth anniversary, and that was the bicentennial year. And I thought, oh, that'll be worth keeping. And now I'm like, oh, that looks kind of old. It's fifty years. Yeah, it's not quite fifty years old. But here's, I'm amazed that you. I'm amazed that you kept a catalog
0: from 1976. In 1976, I was a freshman in high school, and all I was thinking about were boys.
1: Well, I you were thinking about gardening. Yeah, that was my between my junior and senior years in high school, and and I was very into plants and stuff, and so the Burpee seed catalog, it you know, it, it hit the doorstep and then became mine. I mean, I, it was
0: kind of like your Sears catalog, wasn't it? In my case, I didn't get in. I got into house plants first, so I was not looking at the Burpee seed catalog. But tell us all about it.
1: So the Burpee, this this to me is the granddaddy of all seed catalogs, and yes, it is. It is organized quite well. They have, of course, the new stuff. And I will just tell you that Sun Coral Candy, the coleus, is listed as one of the new ones. We trialed that last year. And they they have that. Yep. You can actually order the plants and not the seeds. You can probably order the seeds. Tons of good stuff for new for twenty twenty four. And then they've got some a section called game changers. And these are things I have a theory. What? They are giving, they are
0: having you buy the plants of sun coral candy because it grows so slowly and they've got like the perfect, you know, conditions to grow it. Yes. Oh, from there. I forgot to turn my phone on. Do not disturb. Keep going.
1: So anyway, I was saying they have garden game changers and they have a Roma type tomato called super sauce. And they said one tomato is enough to fill a jar with sauce. So that might be worth trying. That's a big tomato. And then they have a small space squash called Rise and Shine. And I thought, you know, if you don't have a very big space, because a lot of people don't. So that's a section. And then they've got a little bit on heirlooms. And then they go vegetables A to Z. And like I said, I have bought a ton of vegetables, all from Burpee, including the Armenian cucumbers that you were all blah, blah, blah about last year. Oh, I thought those were the best cucumbers I'd grown in forever. They were so prolific. I bought seeds for those. And then mm-hmm. after the vegetable section, then it keeps going. And there are tons of vegetables. I mean, if you can't find it here, you can't find it. Of course, then they have where you can do plants. So if you don't live near a greenhouse or a place like you and I can go to and you want to buy some plants, I won't say they're the cheapest, mm-hmm. but Burpee, no. I know the trial plants that they send are always just perfect. So you can are. you can mix and match and order all your plants if you want. They have herbs, lots of herbs. They have fruit. So, you know, berries, strawberries, not like apples and stuff, but blackberries, raspberries, blueberries, tons of annuals. And then you get through the annuals, tons of those. And I'm like, oh, be careful, oh. Carol, be careful. You have a lot of seeds. You have a lot of seeds. They have perennials. Tons of perennials, some from seed and some that they will send you as a bare root plant. Then they have supplies, lots of supplies for seed starting or for gardening. And that's it. And it's it's a pretty hefty catalog. It's 150 pages, give or take. But see on the back, look at that sweet corn. Ultraviolet sweet corn. And Do you want it? I bought some sweet corn at the store. Just some, you know, bicolor sweet corn. Mm-hmm. And, but an ad, I must have clicked on this and now the algorithm thinks, show that again to Carol, show that again to Carol. I see this all every time I sign on to anything. Oh, look, there's the ultraviolet sweet corn. Mm-hmm. So I, it would be weird to eat because it's just such a weird color for sweet corn. Would it? I think it's beautiful. Anyway. But- I hear you. But the other thing is, I mean, this is the catalog that my dad always had me help him order out of. And I say help. As soon as I could like read and write, he'd like fill out the order blank for me. And that was when you fill out an oh, order blank and send it in. Hilarious. And back in the old days. yeah. So. Do they still have an order blank if you want to do that? You know, let me, let me, let me look, see here. I think they might. <laughs> they do. Look, they have an order form. That's crazy. Well, there are probably That's some people crazy. that are like, I don't want to do it online. I'll just do it here. And they ship it out that way. It's not a very, let me check something here. It's not a very optimistic list. Wait a minute. Yeah, they don't have enough lines for the likes of you and I. D. No, because they figure we will just get online. Oh, and it do says, it. please enclose a separate sheet with your name at the top. If you need additional room for your order. <laughs> there you go. That would be me. So that's because I just bought a bunch of stuff. That's the Burpee seed catalog. And this year they have straw flowers on the cover, which I thought was an interesting oh, how choice. How pretty.
0: Mm-hmm. And someone holding them like Florette, because that's how they l- love to take pictures now. They love okay, to take pictures so, that way. Because they figured out people love to see people holding flowers. Wait a minute.
1: And I have one more no. thing. One more thing. I have a quote what? from W. Alti Burpee A business that has no vision of the future or the object of which is mere money-making would not be worth a life's work. Well, that's true. Now, Territorial Seeds, tell us about that one. I don't have that catalog. So Territorial Seed, I get their catalog because
0: I have bought from them for years, but I will always love them because that's where I first found Everleaf Emerald Towers Basil, which is my favorite basil. And I've actually ordered another Everleaf Basil, and I'm going to grow it side by side with emerald towers because i think they're produced by the same company and just see what happens but i did not get it from territorial anyway they still have cuz people ask us this every every year they still have everleaf emerald towers which is a basil that does not go to seed so here's a little bit about their catalog it is still it's an old fashioned catalog it is on newsprint and it's colored newsprint and it is arranged by vegetables first, seed grains, herbs, and then flowers. And then at the back there are tools and it's a pretty big catalog, even though it's small in, you know, stature size wise, it's very thick and it's 150 pages or so. Okay. And it has my favorite hand hoe in it right now, which is one of the ones that's an Asian, an Asian hand hoe. So just great, great tools And it's owned, it's still owned by a family. It's owned by a couple and they live in Oregon and they test all of their new, they grow many of their seeds organically on their farm, which is called London Springs Farm. And it's in the foothills of the Cascade Mountain Range in Oregon. And you would think that seeds from Oregon wouldn't do well in Oklahoma, but they do. I suspect because a lot of them are vegetable seeds. What I thought was interesting So they bought, this couple bought it from the original owner in 1985. The company started in 79. And I found it interesting that in Oregon, they have a huge section for sweet corn. Really? It just doesn't seem like something you would grow a lot of in Oregon, but they do. And so it's a good catalog that gives you lots of information about whatever it is you want to grow. And they have a huge number of cucumbers. A lot of sweet corn, and they explain all the different types of sweet corn from hybrid SE sweet corn to popcorn to synergistic corn, which do you know what
1: synergistic corn is? I was just about to ask you, what is synergistic corn? Synergistic
0: corn has 75% sugar-enhanced kernels and 25% super-sweet kernels. It combines the exceptional tenderness and sweet corn flavor of the SE varieties with the extra-sweetness extended shelf life, means it stays sweet, and field-holding ability of the SH2 varieties, and they say be sure and isolate it from any other corn for best results. So a very, very interesting, I mean, you learn a lot about this stuff you're going to buy. And in each section, like under the cucumber section, for example, they tell you how to do it. And they also give you all the soil temperature stuff. I mean, it's a good catalog. And most of the time I just buy online. But I will be keeping this catalog because it's just a good catalog. Huge section of garlic which, of course, they separate into soft neck, hard neck, and elephant. A huge section of shallots. So lots of lettuces. Five, no, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. About 20 varieties of kale. So you can see where their focus is. Their focus is on vegetables first. And they grow a lot of vegetables up there, which if you have not eaten vegetables on in the Pacific Northwest, I don't think there's any vegetables like those. The combination of their soil with their weather, it just makes the best vegetables. But as one of our friends reminds us, it is really hard for them to grow tomatoes.
1: So, yes, it go. is. It is hard for them to grow that's tomatoes. That's really
0: all I have. Yeah, that's really all I have to say about. I I will say, OK, I'll say one more thing. In the section on flowers, it's a combination of both tried and tried. Tried and true heirlooms and some of the newer varieties that have good disease resistance. So oh, and then they have a whole fruit section that I didn't even know about. Blueberries, raspberries, tay berries. They have tayberries. berries. I don't even know what Who a tay tayberries? I don't even know what a tayberry is, Dee. So when I said that, Siri came on, that's why I went away for a second. What did you say? I don't know what tayberries berries are. Tayberry has the best of both raspberries and blackberries. So they're maroon berries with a richly aromatic, succulent, sweet, tart flavor. I suspect I can't grow them here. It's probably too hot. But And they have huckleberries, too, which, you know, Idaho is like the huckleberry capital of the world, according to our friend Marianne. So well, I'm not surprised. Oregon also has huckleberries. You
1: can't really grow. Nobody can eat, grow huckleberries. They're wild foraged
0: uh, no, they have they have huckleberries really? in this catalog. Okay. Yeah, really. All right.
1: Just saw them. All right. So maybe you
0: can grow them, but I assume it's a wild variety that they get you, but I don't know. So
1: hopefully- I'm not going
0: to grow them. They won't grow here. So
1: hopefully we didn't go page this, page that. We just talked about some nice things in these catalogs. That's burpee and territorial. Next week, maybe two more catalogs, but I'll do a quote and go into the bookshelf. Let's do it. We are like books. Most people only see our cover. The minority read only the introduction. Many people believe the critics. Few will know our content. Emile Zola. There you go. There you go. So on the bookshelf, and this is a book that I bought, I guess, late last summer. A friend sent me a thing on Instagram and said, I think you would like this book. And it's called Playing in the Dirt 90 Devotions for Crazy Plant Ladies. I don't know why she thought I was a. Pl- Crazy plant lady, I think that's funny. But anyway, this is kind of scripture and reflection and funny things about gardening. Like, there's a page. There's little pages in here that says things like, oh, I had one right here. You might be a crazy plant lady if you have a plant Instagram or an album full of plant pictures. You know, people you pull up their phone and then you just like. Why do you have so many pictures of your cat or your dog? And then you're pulling up your phone and it's like, well, here's a flower. There's a flower. Oh, look, here was a plant that I thought was neat. And then there's got another saying in there that says, I was normal three plants ago. (laughs) Okay. I'm laughing because there's that,
0: there's a meme that's going around right now on Instagram and elsewhere, and it shows, it shows the two people in the car and it's, that famous comedian, I can't think of her name, and her husband, her real life husband, and he's just sitting in the car and she's doing this head bopping dancing and it's the the gardeners versus non-gardeners. But everybody's using it for everything right now. And it just, it's Melissa McCarthy. I laugh every time I see it because that is so true. (laughs) You pull out stuff or, or this is my favorite. When Amy comes over to visit Uh in the summer and we cook out, she comes over and she says, do you want to go look at the garden? And I go, well, sure. And she, we walk around and I can tell within three minutes, her eyes are
1: just glazed over and she wishes it would stop. <laughs> so this is the kind of book that Amy would buy for you, but you would yes. not buy for Amy. And no. so there are 90 little uh, devotions out, and they there's a ton of topics. They have a scripture that goes within each one, and then they have a little reflection And then they end up with a little prayer at the end. And so, like, one of them is pulling weeds, envy, so Mm -hmm. about not being envious of others. And there's a scripture that goes with that. And then there's another one about, this is probably good for our world that we live in. Uh, Defeating deceit. So when people are deceitful, like, that's everywhere. So that's a good one. That's people. And then there's pulling yeah. weeds of bitterness, abundant love and kindness, good work, dividing and multiplying, pulling weeds of perfectionism, on and on and it goes. And so this is one of those nice little books to have sitting on your bedside table or on next to your where you sit and read and stuff. And when you would like to sure. get away from your screen, you could pick up Playing in the Dirt 90 devotions for crazy plant ladies. And by the way, I think if you're a crazy plant man, you could also just read this book. You could ask. Yeah, I'm
0: kind of surprised that they did just plant ladies. But, you know, everybody's
1: different. Everybody's different. So anyway, that is what's on our bookshelf today. Playing in the Dirt, 90 devotions for crazy plant ladies. And it's by Dayspring, a well-known Christian publisher. They're editors.
0: I like Dayspring. I really do. Okay. So next we are doing Dirt. Our our dirt. Yes. You have a quote. You want to do it or you want me to do I it? Want oh, I want you to do the quote. Sorry. You know what happened as I got out of order and I was like, where am I? Okay. A gardener's best tool is the knowledge from previous seasons. Andy Tomalonis. I don't know Andy, but he's absolutely right. And that's the thing that people need to keep in mind. You learn every year. Like now I know. Don't trim back your pelargoniums when you're getting ready to have a heat wave, even though you didn't know you were going to have a heat wave because it will kill them. The end. The end.
1: So our dirt is just a lovely story about a woman named Margaret Bradshaw, who is a botanist in England. And as it says Mm -hmm. in this article, and we will link to it in the Guardian, she is the chief caretaker of some of the country's rarest flowers. She has spent over seven decades obsessively studying the unique Arctic alpine flora of Teesdale in the north of England. And it talks about her mm-hmm. riding horseback out to go and look, and they've got some pictures of her. She's 97. We should say that right up. Yeah, front. she is She's 97, 97 years old
0: and she and i remember this article really well because we talked about it a bunch because she just was such an inspiration to both of us and so teesdale is this place in england that has flowers that are nowhere else in the world exactly and she realized it and i i don't know i mean this article is everything that me is meaningful to me,
1: yes, and some a woman who devotes her whole life to this, yes, and the, so there's a a guide that's been published, Teasdale's Special Flora: Places, Plants, and People was published as part of the Princeton Wild Guide series in February, and so mm-hmm. I think they probably highlighted her. It's just amazing what she's done, and you know, like you said, she's 97. She really doesn't show signs of stopping. No, and. So I thought that
0: it was interesting. She, I mean, her philosophy toward all of this, what is the word for that when you, when you take care of something, her stewardship. So her philosophy is behind this stewardship since she's been studying these since the fifties, except for she went away to Devon for a little bit and then came back because she was very alarmed since the sixties. She said plant abundance has dropped 54% on average. Yes. In Great Britain period and Great Britain is having the same problems that the US has. We're just a bigger country and I, it's just a different a whole different thing but but similar reasons. One is one is factory farming and also she says it's because they they they've started losing World Heritage sites. They don't take care of them as much as they used to. And World Heritage Sites were a great place for wildflowers. And so she went to Teesdale because Teesdale is so unique.
1: Exactly.
0: Anyway, it's worth reading. It's and I ended up reading this. And then I went and found a bunch of other stuff on her too because I just thought she was such an inspiration.
1: One thing she said was as they see this heritage disappearing amongst these plants, she says, we've got various buildings in the country, Stonehenge, Durham Cathedral, and others. If they were crumbling away, there would be groups and money helping stop it because people would say, we can't let this happen. These flower communities are much, much older, and in some respects, they are more beautiful. And so just trying to raise the awareness of the importance of trying to save these sites so that they are not Lost forever, these flowers. Very interesting. We'll link to the article. It was. We'll link. So she's someone who keeps on going, and she
0: reminds me of my friend Marty Brown. I don't think I've ever told you about Marty Brown. Uh Uh-uh. Marty Brown is, I think, 90 now, but I may be getting her. I mean, she may be a little younger than that. She may just be in her 80s. Anyway, Marty rides her horse almost every day, and she's an Oklahoman who lives just north of me. And I see her at various gardening events, and she's a Logan County master gardener. And then her niece is my friend, Beth Teal, who lives up in Tulsa. And Marty's sister, Beth's mother, is also still alive and just celebrated her birthday. And they all are just the most resilient women.
1: That's what this lady reminds me of. And it's good, as we each age a year, every year, to know that there are these women and people that are much much older that just keep going keep going. Yeah, Marty
0: Marty did some beautiful floral arrangement the other day and it was on Facebook and I was like, I don't I told her she's my hero and she just she giggled. She thought that was funny.
1: <laughs> well, here we go with our quote for The Rabbit Holes. Winter's the time for comfort, for good food and warmth, for the touch of a friendly hand. And for a talk beside the fire, it is the time for home. Edith, sit well. Go, Edith. Rabbit holes, rabbit holes. Do you want me to do mine first, sure. or do you want to do? Do your,
0: do's, do's your first. Do your first. Do do's mine first. Yeah. Okay. So mine is learning how to cook again because I have found that a mostly plant-based diet is the best way to avoid cross-contamination. I mean, if if you're eating plant-based at a restaurant, they aren't going to put your food on the grill with other food. Right. Right? So I've learned how to make a lot of things. Well, I mean, I, good thing I already liked beans, right? Exactly. Because <laughs> I do. I've just had to learn to cook them without pork, which is okay. And it's also helping me achieve my health goals. And I was thinking about this yesterday. Although I never wanted alpha-gal syndrome, I will probably be healthier for it over time. And I've also replaced all my cleaning stuff. It's all vegan now. Who would have thought? And so, so there's no outgassing of stuff. I don't have, I didn't do a lot of harsh chemicals before. Yeah. But even less so now. So very interesting experience. And
1: I'm learning how to cook again. Very nice. So my rabbit hole was I picked up another month by month book. Four Hedges. I've got to figure out a way. So Four Mm. Hedges by Claire Layton, who's known for her woodblock carving art. And she's illustrated in her lifetime hundreds of books. But way back in 1935, she wrote a book about her gardens called The Four Hedges or Four Hedges. And I bought this book in 19—I'm sorry, in 2013. And I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And somehow I figured out it was a month-by-month, so it got put on the shelf at the month-by-month. I pulled it off. I loved it. Read through all of January. Came up with a little blog post called The Wisdom from 1935 about, basically, she's saying it's the process of gardening. And stop worrying whether your garden looks perfect or whatever. And I loved her quote, Mm -hmm. we should never take our gardens too seriously. The book got republished in 2010 with Carol Klein from Gardner's World doing the introduction.
0: So that, yes. That's
1: how good it is. So I put this out there. And our friend Kathy says that maybe you're the reason that I bought the book in 2013. Me? I don't know. That maybe you suggested how it. Does, how does Kathy remember
0: this stuff? So I'm looking at the book right now. And I think I know this book. But I don't remember suggesting it to you. but. You know, if Kathy says so, she probably is right. It's probably in my blog somewhere. But here's what I'm wondering is, do I have it? Well, you should go look. Because I really should. Because I don't, I really don't know if I have it or not. In fact, I was thinking about buying it again.
1: Well, don't buy it until you've looked to see if you have it. The And I would, I have the one from 1935. And I'll tell you what, those pages are brittle, brittle. And so, yeah, I don't want the one from 1935. I have to be very because careful because I sort of tore a page accidentally turning it too fast. And I'm like, ooh, it's an old lady book. This needs to be, this book's like 90, <laughs> almost 90 years old. I need to be really careful turning the pages. So, and it's illustrated with her, her woodblock carvings. And, you know, if you look her up, she was born in Great Britain, but immigrated to the United States in 1945 and became a U.S. citizen. And she lived. Originally started out in North Carolina, but ended up in Connecticut. And she's in the National Archives with art and stuff. So it's very interesting. Okay. So you're going to laugh because I went and looked.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I wrote about it in a
1: blog post. In 2013? In 2013. So you have the book. Yes. Yes. You got to go get it. I have it. I have it
0: somewhere. So, you know why I wrote about it? What? Because it, I wrote about Katherine Hodgkin, the bulb, uh, the Irish reticulata. Uh-huh. And she writes about it in her book. Huh. And I also, I also went and referred back to Frances from Fairgarden. Interesting. And because a photo of the iris is on my blog from Frances's blog, because I asked her permission. And so that's why you probably bought it, because I probably talked about it. And then, you know, you know how it is when one of us talks about
1: one thing, the other one goes, oh, I need that. Exactly. And so anyway, I thought about making her a lost lady, but my lost ladies were all born and raised in the United States because I can do better research on them. So, But Claire came to the United States, and so maybe I can find enough information. But for now, I just wrote a blog post called Wisdom from 1935, which is intended to help you feel better about your garden. No matter how it turns out, it's the process. (laughs) It's the gardening that matters, not the end result.
0: I also think that Claire did block prints for... A seed catalog, it possibly, or some or something else. She's been dead a because long, that's long time. That's what's going through my very old
1: mind right now. She's she's she died a long long time ago. D. So,
0: yeah, but she might have done them, um, or maybe they just used them. I don't know. It doesn't matter anyway. Claire's cool, and apparently, I have her book somewhere.
1: <laughs> Four hedges is what it's called. D. You, you need to have. I need to get you onto that software <laughs> where you can catalog all your books. And then you can just like, I oh, do need it. I have that. Oh, I have that. <laughs> it is. Preve- well, t- one, it's shown me where I had duplicates. And I've sent some of those to you because I thought, well, Dee can have this one. And, you know, it's prevented me from rebuying something that I already have. All right. Enough of that. Garden commissions. I'm going to check the greenhouse
0: for bugs because I know they're in there. I'm going to sow lettuce seed to set out transplants because I'm trying to grow those little mini heads of Boston lettuce Uh for Bill because he loves them. And then I'm also going to sow seeds for onions because our friend Matt Mattis says that's the way we're supposed to grow them most often. And I have grown them that way and they've done extremely well. Exactly. In fact, I have direct sowed onion seed for green onions later in the season. So think of all the things you can learn, you know?
1: Yeah. And I did buy in my packets, I did buy the white Lisbon bunching onions. And then I bought some Walla Walla onions to grow from seed. Yeah, Remembering that you said that Matt said that they're better from seed. And I did grow them, the the Lisbon ones from seed last year for a Family Handyman article. And they were very delicious. So definitely doing that again. I'm not going to buy any more bulb sets. And it makes perfect sense
0: about the onion seeds doing it that way versus buying the sets, although I'm not anti-sets. It's because think about it. They dig up those little baby onions, right? They grow them just big enough. They cut off their tops. Then they ship them as little babies. And then you have to put them
1: in the ground. And so you're interrupting their growth cycle. Well, and the other thing is that I'll tell you this. When I've gone to the one garden center where you can buy them in bulk. She says, use the scoop. They've been treated with a fungicide. Well, Lord knows I don't need a fungicide in my life. Believe me. So <laughs> I need to find seeds for a red onion and it's to go with the walla walla and the white lisbon.
0: I love red onions. You know, that's all I grow now is red onions because you can buy white onions. You can. Although sometimes I grow sweet onions, but I just like the purple ones. Some people say I love purple and I guess I do. Yeah.
1: What else are you going to do? So in my... Little world. I'm going to organize out all my seeds by listing them on a spreadsheet, so I have what I know what I have, and I know I've placed a few orders for some things like the little zinnia and gustafolia that I love. I probably need a couple more varieties of peppers and tomatoes. I also need to figure out what I'm going to winter sow, and then mm. I need to figure out how many seedlings am I going to have. So should I buy that second rack with lights? Because I talked last fall like, okay, I'm going to get a second rack and more lights. And then I thought, well, I need to figure out how much space I really need. So that's what I'm doing. So while you were sharing
0: that, I thought about the word angustifolia because it's on a lot of plants, It is right? It is. That's the species name. I mean, yeah, yes. genus species. Want to know what it means? Sure. Have you ever looked it up? No. I hadn't either.
1: It means narrow leaf. I was just going to say it probably means narrow leaf. Because the Angelina, yeah, sure Angelonia, were. the Angelina, Angelonia is angustifolia, which means narrow leaf. So I know, which made me think because since it was
0: on here twice, I thought I should look that up just to be sure.
1: And what a great cool. way to bring the beginning and the end of the podcast episode together. Thank you for listening to the Garden Angelus. I hope you've hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. We publish every week on Wednesdays at 12 a.m. Eastern Time. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, we sure appreciate a five-star review.
0: It helps us get noticed by others and tells Apple that we're good. Could you also share our
1: podcast with your friends? Word of mouth is still the best way to get the word out there. And be sure and check out our show notes for links for more information about today's topics, plus links to our own websites. And
0: here's a big tip. Subscribe to our Substack newsletter, thegardenangelists at substack.com. It is also linked to in our show notes. I no longer produce a monthly newsletter by myself because I have this newsletter with Carol. So why would I do too?
1: It is a great deal because then you get a link to the podcast a day early. And if you want to help support us, use those affiliate links. If you buy something after clicking through on them, we earn a small commission and it costs you nothing. Or you can set up a monthly subscription through Buzzsprout or make a one-time donation through PayPal. Thank you to those who have done so. It was lovely to chat
0: with all of you over the Garden Gate. Bye until next week. Bye, everybody.